tell me if you love marshmallows. Anyone? Woo! How many of you hate marshmallows? Anyone? Wow. I'm so sorry to those of you that hate mar mar marshmallows. But tonight we're talking about the bite. Everyone say the bite. Now, we've been doing this walking dead thing, and whether you watch the show or not, it doesn't really matter because we're talking about how Scripture says that we are to be dead to sin and alive in Jesus. And we've been talking about for several weeks what that means like, but tonight we're talking about something that I deal with all the time. I was like in a fierce battle this weekend, man. I was about to jump off ship with several areas of my life, and I was like, I can't do it. And I'm like, I can't do it. And so listen, tonight what I have to tell you isn't what Tara has to tell you, but it's what the living, breathing, one true God wants to tell you. And it has the power to change your life. And I don't want you guys to miss it. Because the reality is, you're not here by accident tonight. You're not here because you're lame and you didn't have anywhere else to go and nobody likes you or thinks you're cool enough to invite you to some. You're here because God ordained and orchestrated that you would be here. Like he ordered your steps and he said, man, I want you at House of Faith tonight. Because he knew what was going to happen. And I don't want you guys to miss it. We're talking about temptation tonight. But I want to tell you guys a story before we jump in. When I was a kid, I loved. I don't think you understand. Let me, let me try this again. When I was a little kid, I loved little bitty snacks. Anyone with me? I picked out a few of my favorites. Yes. So check it out. I used to love cosmic brownies, zebra cakes, Christmas tree cakes at Christmas time. Holy cow, get behind me, Satan. And my all-time favorite oatmeal cream pies. And my mom used to get us nutty bars when we were kids. Now, I thought this picture was funny because it says 100 calories. Let's be honest, even though it's a 100 calorie nutty bar, we're going to kill like four of those, right? Yeah. Anyone with me? So the calorie thing is like out the window, okay? Now, here's what I need to tell you. The next picture, this is a picture of my twin sister and I. So I'm in the purple striped dress there. Totally um, not much has changed, actually. Um, it is so... That's me and my twin sister. We were born on the same day. We shared a, a, our birthday our entire lives. But we're pretty different, okay? And here's how we're different. At lunch every day, I thought I had the best twin sister in the world. You know why? I'll tell you. Because she willingly every day said, Hey, sis, I'll give you my little Debbie's cake if you give me your vegetables. And I was like, cha-ching, twist my arm. Okay, no problem, right? And at night, we would sneak a snack into our bedroom like we weren't allowed to take food to bed. Whatever. So my sister got a giant... Mom, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. My sister used to get a giant glass of ice water and a sleeve of salty crackers. You know what my snack of choice was? Thanks for asking, I'll tell you. A big old glass of red Kool-Aid with too much sugar and a bag. Not a handful. Not a Ziploc. Not a serving. A bag of marshmallows. Oh my God. Okay? Now, I didn't know as a kid what I know now, so fast forward 30 years, and that's my twin sister. Please notice the cheekbone, the framed face, okay? That's legit my twin sister. I know we don't even look like we're related. Her name's Sarah, real cute, Sarah Tara. Okay? And then, you guys know me, next picture, there's a recent picture of me. Cheekbones, cheek fluff. Apparently, Mark 
marshmallows make a difference. And what I'm telling you is we're all tempted. Everyone say tempted. Now, before we jump into this, we have to ask, what is temptation? Temptation is this, a desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. Dun, dun, dun. Let me read that again. What is temptation? A desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. How do we respond to temptation? There's three things. We either ignore it, we fight it, or we embrace it. First, let's start with ignore it. We ignore temptation. You can go to the next one, Toby. And we act like it's not around, right? Like if we choose to ignore temptation, we're like, nope, not getting tempted. Don't see the marshmallow in front of me. I don't care. Nope, not going to take my money, right? And we lie to ourselves like we're not even being tempted. But scripture is clear, and it says this. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Translation, sin is knocking at your door every single day, every single moment of every day. For me, one of my temptations is sugar, okay? I just have a thing with sugar. I've got a problem with sugar, actually. And so I've chosen all year to not eat sugar. So this is like day number 305, and like today is all about sugar, and there's going to be candy on my right? But the reality is you are tempted. And see, an addiction to sugar is sin. Just like an addiction to alcohol or drugs or cigarettes or lying or stealing or cussing. It's all sin, and God's word says, it makes it clear, it says sin, pay attention, sin is knocking at your door. And you must master it. That's in Genesis 4, 7. It also says this in 1 Timothy 6, 9. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Temptation is a part of life. It's what you do with the temptations that matters. I used to think it was a sin to be tempted, right? Like, oh man, I'm feeling real bad that I want to smoke a cigarette right now. Like, this is awkward, right? No, it's not. Even Jesus himself was tempted. Did you know that? Jesus was tempted. The devil led Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days. And the devil's like, hey, Jesus, if you're really the son of God, why don't you turn these stones into bread and eat them? Because Jesus was like not eating and drinking for 40 days. And Jesus was tempted, right? He had the power. I mean, he could turn that stone into a taco, chalupa, pizza, menudo, ooh, menudo, Okay, whatever. Jesus could turn a stone into whatever he needed. But the point is this. Jesus was tempted and you are tempted. It's not wrong to be tempted. It's what you do with the temptation that matters. Here's the next thing we do with temptation. So, number one option is you ignore temptation. Number two option is this. You fight temptation. 1 John 4, 4 says this. You, dear children, are from God. Everyone say, hmm. That makes a little bit of life awkward, doesn't it? If you think about yourself listening to Kixie or 106.1 and scripture says you're from God. Everyone say, yikes. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Or am I the only one in the room? No? Okay, fantastic. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Did you know that? Boy, stop. Don't miss this. The Bible says this, that the same spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead 
Listen, he was in the tomb dead for three days. It's not like Jesus was dead for three minutes and, oh, it was a wrong reading and he really wasn't dead, he was faking, right? I mean, he was dead for three days, like, stunk. They didn't have no formaldehyde or whatever they got nowadays to preserve things. He was dead for three days, and after three days, he came back to life. That same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. But we go around like, man, I'm a wimp, and I can't fight this, and I'm just going to give in. No. You were created to wage war and to fight temptation. And you have everything you need to conquer it. That's what God's word says. So either God's word is a liar or we've got it twisted. All in favor of God's word being a lie, say aye. Aye. Not the response I was looking for. Let me break it down for you. All those in favor of thinking that you have your understanding twisted about what God says, say aye. Aye. All those who think that God is telling a lie, say aye. Aye. Okay, we're just going to keep rolling. God is not a liar. It says this in 1 Corinthians 10.13. I'll wait for you. It's that important. I don't think you understand. There's an enemy who hates your guts and he doesn't want you to hear the word of God tonight. Don't miss it. Says this in 1 Corinthians 10 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I don't know if you've ever gotten caught doing wrong, but it's kind of awkward, right? And, and the reality is this when we get caught doing wrong, it's like this well, uh, He made me do it, and I didn't have a choice. And I didn't, uh, I didn't know that was wrong. When really, if we're being honest, we knew it was wrong. And there was a way out. And you know what the truth is? I'll tell you what the truth is for Tara. The truth is this, that Tara works really hard sometimes to sin. Tara works really hard sometimes to disobey God. Sometimes I work harder to disobey God than I do to obey God. Because I don't know about you, but I'll sit there and argue with God about his word. I mean, excuse me, sir, with all due respect, I think you have it wrong. They owe me an apology. God says, Tara, forgive. Uh, no, sir. They need, to, they, need to, they need to do something. I'm going to knock their block off. And God says, Tara, forgive. And I'm like, but, but they, they wronged me. And it was bogus. And they haven't even apologized. God says, Tara, forgive. And I sit there and I keep arguing. And I keep trying to convince God that he's wrong until I stop for a moment and I listen. And then God like gut punches me and it says, Tara, forgive them because I forgave you. I'm like, mm, okay. I hear you loud and clear, sir. My bad. We work really hard to sin sometimes. We work really hard to, to not fight temptation. Some of you, you're, you're frustrated because you're trying, to do, you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to quit doing the wrong things. You're trying to quit cussing or listen to bad music or smoke or drink or drugs or, or impure things with your significant other, whatever it is. But the thing is, is you are working really hard to sin. Because you'll come to the house of faith, you'll raise your hands, you'll know how to say the right answers, you'll carry your Bible, you'll go to church on Sunday, but the rest of their day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're listening to bogus music. You're hanging out with the wrong crowd. 
You're putting yourself in situations that are going to cause you to fail. I don't have little Debbie snacks in my house right now, and that's for a reason. I don't hang out with people that smoke weed, and that's for a reason. I don't go where there's alcohol, and that's for a reason. It's very intentional. Because I understand that Jesus paid a very, very, very high price for my life. Some of you work way too hard to give in to temptation. And you wiggle your way around and you make excuses and you craft these stories and you say, woe is me and I'm the victim and I don't have a dad in my life and my parents are fighting and I don't even know my mom, so X, Y, Z, I'm going to do this. When God made it real clear and said, but A, B, C, I created you for this. You were created to wage war and to fight the temptation in your life and I'm telling you, you can do it. I'm telling you, you can do it. That's what the Word of God says. It says this in James 4, 7 through 8. Submit yourselves then to God. That means like surrender, like saying, hey God, here I am. <laughs> Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Let's just put it all out on the table tonight. I got dirty hands. And I've got a dirty heart. Because I choose not to listen to God. But he's saying, come near to me, Tara. I've listened to Kixie, and there is nothing about Jesus on Kixie. There is nothing about Jesus on 106.1, or in Dre, or in Beyonce, or in whoever. And it matters because when you listen to that stuff, you're making it hard on yourself. That's not coming near to God. That's not resisting the devil. That's like joining hands with the devil and saying, hey, devil, let's go have some fun today. You're making it hard on yourself. It says this in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Translation, if it's got nothing to do with Jesus, you need to get it out of your life ASAP. And that includes thoughts. That includes thoughts. I used to smoke. I used to drink. I used to do drugs. And you know what? On Saturday, I wanted a cigarette really bad. That might be shocking for you. I don't know. That might be TMI. But, but I just wanted one really bad. And you know what? I could sit there and entertain that thought, but I had to take it captive. So you know what I did? I spoke scripture over myself. This is what I said. The old has gone, the new has come. I'm a new creation. I, I'm free and delivered from that in Jesus' name. I don't want that. That's not who I want. That's not what I want. I want Jesus. God, clean my mind. And that's what it means to take thoughts captive. But you guys... You sit there and you think about these things. You wear shirts with marijuana leaves on it. That's so stupid, man. I don't even know who said that was cool. Like, that's not even cool. You got posters. Uh, you guys, you got posters of girls hanging in your bedroom. That's terrible, man. You're making it hard on yourself. And the Bible says that you have to take those things captive. You have to. It also says this. Well, actually, so that's point number two. So how, how do we respond to temptation? We either ignore it, we fight it, or we embrace it. 
says this in Psalm 7. Whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. Whoever digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit they have made. The trouble they cause recoils on them. Their violence comes down on their heads. Translation, what you participate in is what you're going to get. What you participate in is what you're going to get. Embracing temptation means this. I don't care. I can't fight it. I'm a loser. I'm a failure anyway. doesn't matter. Everyone's doing it. Oh, it's not that bad. At least I'm not killing someone. No, it is that bad. You know why? Because your sin killed Jesus Christ. I used to say that. I used to say, I used to justify my sin and be like, oh, at least I'm not murdering someone, right? But in reality, my sin did. It killed Jesus Christ and he paid a very high price for it. And some of you in this room tonight, you're flippant. You're apathetic. You don't care. You care more about your status and how many likes you get and how many followers you get and how your cute filter and got to get the right angle to get rid of the double chin and got to look cute and I don't even know if I match. And I got a new best friend today. And I'm going to kill that test tomorrow and I got a new pair of sneakers. And yeah, we, we live in this nice house. So I got these nice shoes. And you don't give a rip about Jesus Christ. You come to House of Faith and you put off the front. It's just a game. It's just a show to you. It's because you've embraced temptation. You've stopped fighting. You're living a life that God never created for you to live. So it leads us to the last question. What happens when I give in to temptation? Romans 3.23 says this, For all have fallen short of the glory of God and all have sinned. You are not alone. (laughs) Acts 3.19 says this, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So what do you do when you give in to temptation and you fail? You get right back up. You stare into those eyes that paid a very high price for you. The eyes of Jesus. Your sin is not greater than the cross. You are not big enough to ruin God's plan for your life, and nothing is impossible for God. Some of you have already checked out because you're like, Tara, that's, that's cool, but you don't know my story. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. And you're right. I don't. But you know who does? Jesus. And you know what? This is Hollywood, okay? This is makeup. The Bible says that they beat up Jesus so bad that you couldn't recognize him. They pulled the hair out of his face. They had a cattail. It was a leather ball and it had these metal spikes sticking out of it. And they beat him relentlessly and they ripped flesh off his back. You think he paid that price so you could just give in to temptation? Do you really think that Jesus endured the cross so you could hit a thousand followers on Instagram? Do you really think that Jesus endured that? This is Jesus, the very Son of God, who never once told a white lie. He never once said a bad word. He never once dishonored or disrespected his parents. He never once cheated on his homework. But see, we want to tell a different story. We want to, we want to be the God of our own universe. Because we forget this one right here. He is the only one who ever laid down his life for you. And you know what? He did it in the midst of your sin. He did it in the midst of you not loving God and you not following God. He knew the mistakes that you would make. 
He knew the way that you would turn your back on Him. He knew the way that you would pursue pleasure over Him. He knew the way that you would care more about popularity than you do about holiness. And He still died for you. But it's not Helen Blum. See, that's the greatest part. He died for you so that you could be free. You don't have to drink. You don't have to smoke. You don't have to have impure relationships with your boyfriends and girlfriends. Some of you need to go home tonight and break up. Some of you need to take your cell phones and get rid of them because you're looking at bad stuff. Some of you need to get real with God and get real with yourself and stop playing games. Because here's the reality. There's an enemy, the devil, and he hates your guts. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he hates you. And he hates me. And he hates us of faith. And all he wants you to do is fail. The walking dead, when you get bit, you're infected. One bite. One little nibble. Doesn't even have to be a big bite. Just one little. That was cute, right? Just one little. And you're infected just like that. And I'm telling you, sin is like that. One little. Okay, that one was weird. Whatever. You get the point. One little taste of sin in your, but you're infected. But listen, here's the good news. I'm not going to end there. There is hope and there is a cure. And his name is Jesus. And you know what? He's big enough for you. He's big enough for you. I know that most of you, well, none of you knew me back in the day before I came to House of Faith. I grew up in a Christian home when I was eight years old. I gave my life to the Lord. I told Jesus I loved him and I wanted him to forgive me. Which when I was eight, I was like, you know, I told lies. One time I pushed my sister's watches into the bathtub when she was in there because I was jealous. She really and I did it. And I lied to my mom about it, like totally bad. And when I asked Jesus to move in my heart, I thought he had like a recliner and a little suitcase. And he just moved in, you know? I'm like, man, I hope there's room in there for you. Like, like my heart might become a small little. And when I was 11, I told God, I'll serve you the rest of my life. God, I'll be a missionary. I'll live in Africa and eat really weird food and wear really ugly skirts. And I'll be the whitest person over there. <laughs> but see, what I didn't know is when I was 11, God knew that I would come to House of Faith in San Angelo, Texas 20 years later. But see, I went to a Christian college. I wanted to learn about God. And I wanted to learn how to tell people about God. But instead, I learned how to fight against God. I learned how to give in to temptation. I would spend almost 10 years of my life drunk or high every day. So much so that there's a large part of my life I don't remember. I have friends from college I don't all the time. I'm like, Terry, how do you remember when this happened? And I'm like, actually, no, I don't. And I was miserable, and I was hopeless, and I was a sinner, and I was wretched, and I was lost, and I was hard, and I was confused, and I was hurt, and I was mad. But in the midst of all of that, you know what God's response to Tara was? Hey, Tara, love you. Hey, Tara, come home. I've got great plans for your life. Hey, Tara, I'm big enough. Hey, Tara, I forgive you if you'll just come to me. And finally, one day, I got it. And my life has never been the same since. But temptation never ends. It never ends. It never ends for me. It never ends for you. And this is why you have to learn how to fight it. Don't embrace it. It will kill you. Your sin will kill you. Don't ignore it. You can't ignore it. It's a fact of life. It's reality. There's temptation all around. You were created to fight temptation. So, here's my challenge for you. 
What will you do to avoid the bite? We live in a fallen, broken world of sin all around us. I sin every day. Not because I want to. The Apostle Paul even said, God, I'm so frustrated. Sometimes I do all the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I do want to do. But listen, you have to pursue Jesus above self-pleasure. You have to care more about Jesus than you do yourself. You have to care more about Jesus and his word than you do Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. Goodness gracious, delete it off your phone if it's a problem. It's just that real. God is calling you to rise up to be a generation of warriors for his kingdom. Look at me when I tell you this and I'm going to pray. You were created to wage war and win every single time because we never lose with Jesus. You were created to wage war with Jesus and win every single time because we never lose with Jesus. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for tonight. Father, I pray pray that in this room you would raise up a generation of warriors. Those who learn how to fight against temptation, God. Those who learn to fight against their flesh, God. Those who would want you above themselves, who would want the things of you more than they want the things of the world, God. Would you burn a fire deep within them? And God, for those here tonight who don't know you, who have never looked into those eyes and who have never repented and just said, God, I'm sorry and I need you. God, let this night be the night for them. God, for those whose hearts have grown cold and hard towards you, God, bring them home in Jesus' name. God, thank you that you love us. You always love us. You're always for us.